Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Super Rugby Altera and Super Rugby AU review show. Uh, yes, we're heading towards the pointy end of things, folks. Uh, and uh, we had four very close games this weekend. I think the biggest winning margin was three points. So, yes, very, very close. All of the games of uh, differing levels of, um, uh, of enjoyment, I'll admit, when I was watching them. Um, how are you doing, Ashwin? Yeah, not doing too badly, not too badly. It's just like, you know, rug- uh, Super Rugby AU going, hey, hey, look at us. We're getting some awesome games here. And then Super Rugby Aotearoa goes, hold my beer. <laughs> and uh, my uh, Boundary Road Brewery uh, uh, beer, if, uh, if, if they would like to sponsor me. Um, there you go, folks. Um, so, yeah, exactly. I mean, we had um, four, four cracking games, uh, well, four cracking last 10 minutes, <laughs> at the very least, um, of these games this weekend, uh, with um, kicking off on uh, Friday evening um, with the Rebels versus the Force. Now, um, Brendan on Twitter going, wow, this is one of the best games I've seen in Australian rugby for a while. And I'm like, what are you watching? Seriously? Uh, I have to I have to say, um, yeah, the first half was like pretty bad. The second half, um, normally I start to fade off. We talked about this last week, actually, I think mm. it was. Um, start fading. I actually, it held my interest. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's a much, much better the second, second half. half. Yeah, much better in the second half. But how the force managed to win this one, they only entered the Rebels 22 twice, mm-hmm. whereas the Rebels entered the Force 22 eight times um, and uh, could not come away with the win. So you've got to say um, the Rebels really, really did throw this one away, showing that they've got really good defence, well organised, but are a bit toothless um, at the end of the day. Well, not toothless because, it, but it's weird, right? Because as you say, I mean, like, really, how the Rebels didn't win that game, it's sort of like um, quite quite confusing. I mean, they really did have good passages of play, they, but crucial errors at wrong times. Um, even, you know, you look at the end, very end of the game, jumping all ahead, as I always do, um, is, um, you know, a ch- <laughs> the hooter goes, the, half, the force halfback goes to kick the ball out, the touch and misses. <laughs> and yeah, I just, don't get to convert. <laughs> how how how? Uh, yeah, in, in he missed caps, the sideline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in caps. If we're gonna do that. How did McGregor not find touch? <laughs> I mean, seriously, seriously, 
How did he not find touch with that one? He really, absolutely, uh, yeah, um, really, yep. really did um, bottle that one. Execution, you know, one one of the things we talked about um, yesterday's game, actually, when we reviewed that one, you know, after the game, and we're talking about execution, execution. So I think we've watched enough professional rugby, particularly in the recent years. This is the when the hooter goes, you run backwards away from your ruck, and then you kick it into touch. You don't take it out of the ruck and kick it into touch. Oh, you definitely have to well, you don't even try and take try and box kick it into touch from, from <laughs> when you're not a, and it's just what are you doing? Um, oh dear. Um, yeah, Batman. Uh, Batman in the live chat says uh, felt sad for the Hurricanes did not win. Not sad the Hurricanes did not win. Yeah, we'll get on to that game later. Boy, oh boy, uh, on that one. Um, look, uh, the yellow card. I think we've got no um, uh, no uh, no no argument with that. Repeat penalties. Um, we need a bit more of that. Mm. Absolutely. Um, uh, for, for, to, to stop people from, from doing these things. Um, the, the the Rebels basically kicked their way into a lead. And we, it, was, it was just four kicks or two kicks at halftime. Um, uh, the, uh, uh, another another couple of another penalties um, ended up being uh, one try to the force and zero to the Rebels with their eight visits into the... Um, into the 22. So, yeah, not champagne rugby, but look, 16 turnovers by the Rebels. If you're going to do that, basically, um, sorry, you're not going to win many games um, at the end of the day. And um, the thing that really held back the force, and we'll talk about, oh, actually both sides here, was their lineouts. Um, somehow... Theme of the weekend. Yeah, it was a theme of the weekend, exactly, yes. Somehow the Rebels lost four lineouts of their, of their 16. Um, but um, yes, the force. Anything you can do, we can do better. They lost five of their twelve. Fifty-eight really... success rate with 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 their lineouts. Now we'll get on to some people later who had, I think had even worse than that. But boy, oh boy, if you with with that, if you're not going to give yourselves a platform, and when you see a lot of the uh, one one of the new stats that Sky is showing is where did the um, where did play start that led to a uh, or did possession start that led to a, to a try. And you'll find for most teams that most of their tries come from lineouts. So you've got to yeah, win them. You've got to win them. Yeah, look, I mean, it really was just a case of both two teams trying to lose the game, wasn't it? Yep. Especially at the end there. I, um, the uh, I, Hodge had two, well, they tried to set Hodge up for, for, for a drop goal twice. The first one, um, the pass just was bouncing along the floor as it arrived to him. There's absolutely no way he was ever going to get a drop goal off from that. Um, and then the next one, again, uh, had, was well over his head. Uh, look, if you're going to give a guy time to to um, to do a drop goal, it's got to be out in front of him where he can just take hold of it uh, and just concentrate, not on having to drag the ball back down uh, and try and make a drop goal. Hodge, yeah, Hodge was not to blame for that. The, the whole Rebels set up of just giving him trying to put him in the right place for a drop goal was 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 a disaster. It is a bit. It is a bit strange, John. You know, this is a sort of a uh, a revolving discussion or repeating discussion around the Rebels' backline. Um, when when you look at what who they've got in their backline, I mean, uh, was it it's Tamua right at first five mm -hmm. until he got injured? So yep. you know, yeah, you, you have got it's a quality backline that can't convert. Yeah, look, I mean, there's, I mean, they are missing a whole bunch of players who are injured. I mean, Dane Halapetti's out, but you've got Corabetti, who is one Corabetti. of the first names on the um, on the Wallabies team sheet, right? Um, yep. So, you've your entire game plan has got to be 
find space for him and give him the ball, right? Feed the Corabini. Yeah, but you know, but even then, I mean, as I said, when you've got Tamua, um, you've got um, Hodge, and you've got Corabetti, you know, half your back line's got internationals. So you've got the capability, and um, even the halfback uh, is a, is, is a um, wallaby yeah, half, or yeah, has yeah. been. Joel, Joel Powell in there. Um, yeah. Stacey Ellis playing pretty well. Uh, um, Frank Lamani, and then Lewis Holland was the other person there. So, look, I say they are missing a couple of... Um, uh, of uh, of players with I say with uh, yeah, but they right. they've still got, they've still got quality there. Got, but they got players there. I mean, you just mentioned Lewis Holland. Lewis Holland's the you know one of their seven stars, um, if mm. I remember correctly. So again, the caliber of player, although they're missing obviously some top players as well in that backline, their replacements are more than capable. Yep. Um, so it, it's uh, the. Uh, this idea that the Rebels were going to be the obvious shoe-in for that uh, to get knocked out in the semi-final or the um, preliminary final, as I think they're calling it. Um, the force have now closed that right up, so it's just one point behind uh, the Rebels. Both played six games. Uh, the the uh, Rebels on 11 points, force on 10. Uh, so, look, force are with a shout here of making the um, the playoffs, which um, I think coming into this season, none of us had them in, uh, <laughs> in, that, kind of, uh, in that kind of position. Uh, yeah, look, so, um, but aren't the four actually aren't force in third place? I'm just I thought the force were actually made it. In, uh, oh no, well, sorry, yeah, yeah, no, 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 they're one point behind. They're, they're one point behind the rebels in fourth. Yeah, yeah, um, and um, yeah, now it's just because of a comment that the commentators made at the end of the game that, I, that they actually made it sound like the force had actually gone into third. Sorry, my bad. So yeah, um, look, this one I say, which team trying to lose it, lose it the least. Um, and uh, that was the force in the end. They got the only try of the game, um, and uh, well done to them. Um, yeah, I mean, two entries into the 22, coming away with one try from that. Uh, that's that's a pretty good strike rate. But you need to get there more often uh, if you're going to if you're going to win more games. Um, talk- so, yeah, we've talked about the uh, rebels, and um, I, I sort of think the force probably should should be playing a bit better than what they um, what they are uh, as you said they need to get into that and into that 22 a bit more often but when we look at their forward pack and who they've got there with their internationals yeah they might be aging internationals but they've got plenty of experience there um, to probably be executing now I mean we talked about earlier in super rugby au the force team getting together players meeting each other for the first time in game day and game round one they've been together for six games now so they probably should be um, be able to deliver a bit more. Oh, it's still a very, very, very raw uh, team from that point of view. Uh, yes, they're, they're past the barbarian section where they do actually know each other's names now. Um, yeah. But um, <laughs> got, got to know who the kids are. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you look. Yeah, you got Cabelli and Miotti, right? You got a, you got a, a um, Haguari, uh, not just Haguari, a Pumas uh, nine ten there uh, mm. with Lozana in there as well. Um, Medrano. Uh, so yeah, look, they, they've they've got some international guys who are current internationals as well. We're not talking about um, your Kieran Dranis um, and your Jeremy Thrushes, who are ex very much ex internationals. Um, we are talking about um, not Kieran. Um, uh, Kieran Dranis yeah. was the example. Um, uh, Kahui was the example I was looking for. Yeah, it's not. It's, yeah, we're not talking Kahui and Thrushes. We are talking current internationals in there as well. Uh, so yeah, no, they've, they've got the experience that you say that they, they should be start be win, winning, start to, to be a bit better than this. Um, to be challenging the rebels, uh, look, we expect them to put away the force. Sorry, the the, uh, the tars 
um, when they play them again. So I think, I think I've got one more game against the Tars coming up, um, which should, uh, yeah, mean that they're going to be maybe a good shout, I'd say, to get to go above the Rebels um, in this one. Um, uh, there. Um, and that was my first work, first prediction of the weekend I got wrong. And uh, we're going to have a bit of a theme of that. Um, <laughs> next up, um, something I don't normally have to do, folks. I have to go onto a second page with notes um, on this one. Um, because we went into uh, the uh, into, into Golden Point. Um, but um, look, part of the story of this one definitely was that uh, clearly very windy conditions down in Dunedin because neither kicker could hit the side of a barn. <laughs> I, I, again, well, something we alluded to, um, it seems that it was something that appears to have gone, gone away. Um, early days in the Tupperware container, um, kickers for some reason did struggle uh, to get get the get the conversions get the penalties over but that seemed to be something of the past but definitely returned um with a vengeance on um saturday night i look kicking percentages can be a bit kind of misleading but 43 percent by the highlanders at home i mean we're talking about the home side here we're not talking about someone who who is in town who doesn't know the conditions um is yeah that's shocking um by for, for the highlanders in all honesty yep it was. Um, I think, um, you know, we've alluded to possibly had to look at um, the kicking options when Mitch Hunt was struggling early on, you could see. Um, and I, I suppose they had a plan to bring on Joshuani at the 60th minute mark, roughly, or just before. Um, probably had to review that and look at possibly bringing him on sooner so that they could um, negate those kicking woes. Yeah, if you've not got anyone else um, who can uh, who can kick, then you do need to yeah you need to find somebody you have to bring someone on because it was it was shocking um, that point and essentially look within a three point game they lost the game um, with their kicking uh, Dave McKenzie slightly better sixty seven percent but not where he would he would want to be um, in that side of things again lineouts um, the uh, the Chiefs should have been further ahead but losing three lineouts uh, sorry four lineouts again. Just no platform for the for the, for, the, for the players. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I found that rather unusual because um, Takioho hasn't been doing too badly at lineout time. I thought mm. um, leading up to that game, um, but you know he 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 um, had a uh, for the Chiefs that is had a had a bit of a mare. So um, and um, on, the, on the other side of fence, Ash Dixon's a pretty reliable person to pitch the ball into the lineouts. So. Yeah, um, and you're bringing on um, Bradley Slater. Bradley Slater's arrows are pretty notoriously dodgy. Um, I, I think he's got crooked arrows. That's the problem. Yeah. It's not fair. Let's not blame Bradley. He's getting crooked <laughs> arrows to throw. And, and obviously, the last line out of the game, it wasn't really his fault, considering that they decided to lift the lifter when Bradley was actually looking down and holding the ball down around his knees, and they decided to lift the lifter. You can't really um, blame Bradley Slater for that. Now you, you can't blame Bradley Slater for that, but what you what you can blame for that is how uh, inexperienced this pack is, right? With your two your, your, your two locks in there, twenty one and twenty two, um, I mean, all four locks are twenty one and twenty two. So it, it doesn't matter which ones are in there; that's how old they are. Um, uh, the uh, and then you got Bradley Slater, who you know is not a great th- line out thrower. Uh, there really needs to be a leader in there that goes, guys, we have to concentrate here. And look at each other and communicate. Um, if he's focus, not ready, focus. don't step in. 
yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I, I suppose um, the interesting thing is because you can see in that mo- in that movement, uh, the lifter. He wasn't facing Bradley Slater at all. He comes in head down, fr- um, and just basically goes in and lifts the sl- um, the, the line out jumper straight away. The um, the uh, and, and some, so, so, but yeah, it's, it's. I mean, that's why teams walk in, right? Is because you, you, your front lifter has his back to the um, the lineout throw. So, so, so that's right. He, he he doesn't. He's taking his cue of people stepping into the lineout, and that's where he starts yep. his count. So if the lock steps in, he's lifting. That's it. Yep. He, he can't see what Bradley Slater is doing. So it all yep. comes down to the lock there, and the fact that the lock was then tapping Bradley Slater on the back. Um, saying, "Oh dear, mate, you made a, a bit, 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 bit of a mess up there." You're like, it's Dude, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I mean, just just going on Jordan Clark's, uh, you know, M- M- Mitch Hunt being second best. Uh, he seriously is a rocks or diamonds player, isn't he? He just, he just, he'll he'll have those matches with just um, out of the bag. Uh, like he did last week against the Crusaders, or if you go back a couple of seasons when he played for the Crusaders, um, he just has those magical moments and or magical games even where he's just on fire. But when he's not on fire, he's in the not he's not just in the fridge; he's in the freezer. He's that cold. Yeah, look, I don't think it was that bad around the pitch. Um, uh, he, you know, we had a kick out on the four. That's where he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't at the level he was last week by any stretch. Yep. Um, but. Um, yeah, his 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 goal kicking was his, his general play was better than his goal kicking, which was abysmal. Um, and he wasn't that bad. The, the when you're giving up the number of turnovers that the um, uh, that, that we that we saw the Highlands doing, I mean three by Hunt himself actually, um, he was a top one. But uh, Punavai with a couple, Garden Bashit with a couple as well. Um, you've uh, you, you, you're not. Again, you've got three guys there who are receiving kicks and running it back, right? Mm. You need to understand where you're running to and getting your support players with you. Um, and uh, the, so, yeah, so I think the, yeah, there's definitely an element there of, of not, um, of not again, communication, linking with your players just was, uh, yep. wasn't quite there. Whereas you had a spine with this um, Chiefs team of um, you've got Luke Jacobson, um, Weber, um, I mean Trask was in Trask was in there, but really it was more Damien McKenzie, wasn't it? Um, and uh, Antonin Brown uh, uh, with with that some um, th- those guys there, all of them um, all blacks or have got all blacks experience. Uh, and it was really to me, it was really those four guys who rallied everyone around them um, to uh, and, and made the key uh, the, the key difference in this game to win this one by. Um, yeah, but three points. Um, yeah, look, I mean, I, and the other thing is that I mentioned again on the review after the game is that uh, not not quite this, but uh, Quintapaya, you know, he, he had a good game against the Blues. Um, they had the bye week, and he's he's actually carried it on. You know, we've talked about going pr- prior to the Blues game, he hadn't really done anything. Um, you know, big rep, even probably at NPC level, he hadn't actually done anything since that game, and then the game yesterday. I thought he he was pl- doing some nice touches until until he got his unfortunate injury and uh, had to be replaced by Alex Nankable. Oh, no, I think look, the, the number of line breaks he creates at NPC level um, showed you that he had something about him. Uh, and I think he yeah. made quite a good, 
Um, never, never really quite won the game for the guys, though. You know, yeah, I, I, it was he was doing he was doing some nice touches and that, but there's a lot of players doing nice touches at NPC level. Um, you, you want those supposed star players should really be owning games, and I don't think that he'd done that. Oh, look, he's he's had two years of NPC. I mean, he's still a kid, right? If you, you um, the uh, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't expect. So, yeah, it's, it's a bit bit still a bit young for him to be owning uh, NPC games. In, in my view, but anyway, um, a player who definitely didn't own this game, apart from being uh, in the forefront of the referee's mind, was um, Mitch Brown. Now, this is something we've seen not only just in this game, but also in the Crusaders, Hurricane, the Hurricanes Crusaders game. Um, if you're in front of the kicker, don't walk forward. You're not allowed. Oh, red light, red light. Oh, it's, this is ridiculous, you know, and like. You saw Dane Coles, I mean, like jumping ahead to a, a whole couple of games. Um, but, you know, because just on this issue, you saw Dane Coles shaking his head. And it's just like, mate, your whole defensive line, not just one player, and, you know, Mitch, Mitch Brown's case is one player, but the whole defensive line's coming up. The idea is, you, you, well, not the idea, you're offside. You have to stop. Otherwise, you know, it's cheating. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And look, um, and whilst rugby is basically legalised cheating, um, the idea is to try and get away with as much as the referee lets you. Um, in that one, if we're in, in that hurricane crusade, we shouldn't really get, get onto that game yet. But Jordy Barrett kicks the ball and then walks backwards. He doesn't even run forwards. Look, I mean, as said, I mean, and, and the, the, I made a comment during this afternoon's game, and not not specific to this afternoon's game, is that. Whilst our game has gone professional, the players still lack a level of professionalism. And that's another one. You know, we talked about in the Crusaders, not sorry, in the um, Highlanders Chiefs game at the drop kicks and how they were setting up for drop kicks. Geordie Barrett running backwards without the nous to realise, you know, being a professional player, I've got to put my players on side. You know, again, these are sort of things you have to be switched on. You have to know that. You have to, it's it's sort of, it's money ball, right? You, you make, you do X, you do Y, you do Z. That's it. That's what you got to do. you got to know that you have to follow through with this. This is the process. It's a job. You go into a job, you do the task, and this is how you do the task. Here's the process to do the task. No different. Rugby's no difference. I'll kick the ball up the field. I have to put my players on side. Or, and whilst I'm doing that, maybe I have to yell at one of the other guys, get back and cover the returning kick. Yep. Um, now, and, and one of the interesting things about watching actually European rugby, and especially the Six Nations, is that um, because they've had no fans, you've been able to hear the players shouting things. Uh, yep. in some of those. And, and uh, there's a great one during the Welsh-France uh, game of one of the players running up shouting to someone, cover the ponds, because they know exactly what's about to happen. And, ah. and one of their players runs sideways along beside, beside the pond because they know when, when the ball gets run back, he is going to be in the position to take an offload, and they need to smash it. Um, you got to You got to cover Dupont because he's slippery. Yeah. The um. Yep. Yeah, straight at the top. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just keep going. Ball. Who, who created um, non-stick, Paul? Who created non-stick? Teflon. Dupont. Oh, okay. Dupont. There you go. <laughs> Teflon's a brand. Ah. <laughs> Not missing Teflon then. Um, anyway, so um, the look, I mean, one of the things that came in this one was yeah was uh, we, we, the tweet went out to say that look, the three best um, 
uh, uh, fly halves in the country have all missed um, uh, missed drop goals at uh, <laughs> in the last 24 hours. Uh, Dave McKenzie uh, managed to um, miss one. Uh, the Highlanders gave him another chance. He missed that penalty. He missed that penalty kick. Um, Joshua Ali, why the Highlanders? I mean, we, we covered this in our post-match reaction, but mm. for those of you who didn't, didn't see that show, Joshua Ali lines up for the drop goal straight in front of the posts. Now, we know Mitch Hunt can hit drop goals in clutch situations. It's proven. Sure, off the tee, he wasn't great today, but his general kicking wasn't that bad. Joshua Ali lines up in the wrong place, straight in front of the posts. He should have been across to the side. Um, and the uh, and you've got Mitch Hunt. Why are you giving it to Joshua Ali? Mitch Hunt should have been there, should have been taking that one. Again, game now, um, game situation, uh, lack of game awareness, make, making some some problems there for, for the side. Yeah, and that's what it comes down to what I mentioned just you know a few minutes ago for that level of professionalism and ticking the boxes. It's just like when you set up for a drop goal, you set up to the left. If you're a right, right-footed kicker, you set up to just of the left in line with the left hand upright. So then you're hooking it back in over the black dot. If you're setting up in the middle or on the right hand side, you're most likely going to be off balance and kicking it across the face or off balance and just kicking it wide. So one of the things that um, um, Scott Barrett's mentioned about after after the, uh, the, 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 the Hurricanes Chiefs uh, Crusaders game was that they'd watched the Highlanders Chiefs game and they talked about it and prepared for that situation if they got golden points. You're like, guys, you shouldn't have to see someone else doing it first. It should be <laughs> one of those scenarios you've ticked off in pre-season and you know what you're going to be doing. Um, as the uh, Clive Woodward used to do for England, it's called teacup, thinking clear under pressure. The way you think clear under pressure is you run all the scenarios beforehand so you know what you're going what to you do. do. You don't have to think and work it out. Because if you're trying yeah. to work things out when you're tired, you're going to make mistakes. That's what you're doing a job. Look, you've got a so, manual. The manual tells you what to do. <laughs> it's, not, it's not rocket surgery, is it? No. Um, I mean, it's, it's just like, and, 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 you know, something like, which way to run run into? Do you run into the wind or do you run with the wind? If there's we'll no wind, you don't have to worry about that. No, yeah, just, if there's no wind, you don't have to yeah. worry about it. You just have to worry about kicking off. It's which Aaron Smith made the right decision. I'll kick off. I'll kick deeper. It didn't work out for them, but at the end of the day, it still ticked the right box in terms of won the toss. It's not about if he was facing a gale, you would still kick off because you want to get into the opposition's 22. And look, he had the opportunity, he gave his team the opportunity to win it, right? Yep, yep they exactly. Just, yep, they he did, yep. They stuffed it up. Yep. Fluffed their lines, yep. as one would say. Yeah. Uh, if you aren't practicing these things at training, what are you doing, says Aaron? Well, practicing other things, I think, is the answer. Um, but um... Talking about how you're going on um, um, Call of Duty. Exactly. <laughs> so what does that mean? Um, that means now that uh, the Chiefs are up into third um, with uh, 12 points uh, in the table, uh, just two points behind the Blues with both sides being played five games. So, uh, yeah, look, a tight one there in the table now for that third place with the Highlands on 10 points, but they've played a game more. Hurricanes um, on six now, look, you've got to say uh, it's uh, probably it's too far back for them. You'd expect to make it into uh, the uh, top two now, but um, yeah, Blues, Highlanders and Chiefs all very tight there um, around that one. Um, 
that one there. Um, uh, when is the party of Joshua on his? Uh, I'm not sure when it is, but anyway, you, know, you better just keep the noise down. Just, yeah, I was gonna say, just keep the noise down, just turn the amp down a bit. <laughs> not, not so much doof doof. Yep. Um, so, yeah, look, look uh, after um, a poor start by the Chiefs losing the opening two games, that's three on the bounce. They've won now. Um, Clay McMillan uh, will be in a much better, uh, we're having a much happier camp um, and uh, things, I say, moving in the right direction um, for the Chiefs. Uh, which is um, great to see for them, um, personally. And I will be at the game next weekend and able to hopefully interview him. And the coaching staff will be happy because the Karma rubber band seems to be working in their favour um, with the uh, final penalty going their way where it should have actually gone for the Highlanders. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like the match-winning penalty should have gone towards it, uh, should have been a penalty Highlanders. Now, we are nitpicking here with the refereeing because on, on the whole, the refereeing this weekend has been good. Yep. Absolutely, um, absolutely, absolutely. Yep. Uh, look, we expect the odd call to go wrong by the referees, right? We don't expect it to be hundred percent perfect, but they didn't seem to have any clangers this weekend. On the whole, um, maybe a few cards would have been could have been higher or lower. Um, the I think if um, Lamappi might have got away a bit lucky um, with the uh, with with his one um, today, but apart from that, I think everything. Uh, yeah, people were all they got most of the most important decisions right. One thing that has definitely, that I think, has happened now is the teams have got used to this whole captain's challenge thing, haven't they? Um, oh, some are good. But no, let's let's put it this way: some are better at it than others. Yeah, but we had five this weekend, right? Yep. Yep. In the first in the first three rounds, I think we we had like one one of them. Or we had we had yeah, two yeah. attempts. One so of them, was, one of them was, way, yeah. was way too late. Um, the, the 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 captains are getting in the uh, getting to the referee much quicker and they're being much clearer of what they're asking for um so i think i think starting um the one that the one that the one that really got away is that aaron smith should have been doing the captain's call on that last uh on on that last penalty in the extra time um especially when you you've got nothing yet basically you've got nothing to lose uh, that's it it's 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 like the number number 11 batsman um you know there's nobody else to come you got a you got a review in the bank, so you you, you send it upstairs. Yep. Um, so yeah, so that was that, that, that's, I guess that's the that's going to be the new one. So yep, uh, can number two, folks. Um, and, uh, <laughs> for those of you from Singapore, you might recognise some of these these bars like uh, Molly Malone's um, and BQ Bar and uh, Bull and Bear. Yep, um, that's been uh, uh, lifted from uh, from one of those bars. They've been relieved of one of their of one of their bar can coolies. A number of years ago now, um, thief. So we then and then we then we headed towards what I thought was going to be the game of the weekend. Really, uh, look, Reds versus Brumbies. Uh, repeat of the final from last year. Um, the Reds having a perfect season up until this point. Uh, what was likely to be the final preview of the final this year. Um, the Reds having beaten the Brumbies in Canberra. You're thinking, right? The Brumbies need to make a statement here um, with this one. And. Um, the Brumbies came out firing and were and, and uh, got themselves the um, uh, the line out ball try, which uh, the Brumbies are known for. Uh, Banks, that's unusual back. for them. <laughs> I mean, look, there are ten teams in Super Rugby Outer and Super Rugby AU. Nine of them should kick sticks. One of them shouldn't. That one team where I agree the they should go to the corner is the Brumbies. Everybody else should be kicking sticks. In my to opinion. be fair. 
to be fair, I mean, like we've we've probably um, you know been harsh on the Brumbies because all they do is wait for a penalty and then they kick into the corner. But in saying that, they've actually uh, they've um, adapted a little bit. Um, so they actually they are ready and set for when the rolling ball sort of falls apart or isn't going anywhere. They got good backline um, creativity uh, to 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 do something and score tries in the opposite corner as well. So you, you do sort of um, see that uh, huh, see that sort of hap- coming into their play now where their back line is actually um, an attacking weapon inside the 22 off that um, line out in the corner. Look, they, they have a whole bunch of varieties off that line out. They can maul. They've got, they've got fake, they've got, they've got line out mauls. They've got fake line out mauls. They've got line out and off the back moves as well. So yep. it's made, they've made it much more difficult for teams to defend. Yes, in past years, they were just line out more. They added the fake more last year, and this year they've added some backline moves to yep. it as well. So you, yeah, you're right. They do have a whole bunch of um, a whole bunch of options there, which is why I think they and and they have a, a line out that um, hit eight out of eight some eight out of eight line outs. They they yep. have a they they don't accurate line out. <laughs> um, to, to be fair though, the best line out move of the weekend was Lynchy's, right? True. <laughs> <laughs> Now we're going back again. <laughs> yeah, back, back, back. yeah lovely, lovely lineup move by with Lenchy's try. Very well played. And you've got to say, very well played by Frizzell, who really sold that dummy very well. So, that, that, yeah, that not like a dummy run. <laughs> not like Artie sells a dummy. No, what, what you mean? The, uh, the national storage dump, uh, big dummy. Uh, yeah, it's, it's got to, it's branded now. There's no, there's none of this. Uh, Artie Surveyor is contracted to throw a national storage big dummy. Every game, every um, game. It's fun sponsorship. Hey, just uh, in terms of the, I always felt with the Reds, um, if they if they were with, if they didn't let the Brumbies, it wasn't. I don't think as the Reds, if the Red supporters would have, it got, would have got too concerned with the Brumbies scoring early. Um, I, I think they just needed to make sure they stayed in touch, so to speak, because mm-hmm. the the Reds always seem to come home with a wet sail. Um, wasn't so much of a wet sail this this game, but you know that's what the game has been. You know, Tupo and and like crashing the ball up as tiring defenses you know, struggle to contain them. So I, I think you know at half time, although I think the Reds had actually gotten hit by half time possibly, but um, yeah. so, no, okay. yeah, half time it was, was six fifteen. So actually a, a decent a nine a good two two score lead good. for the Rumbies at half time. Uh, half time going in, um, uh, it's go, go, going well there. But you think. The, Brum- the Reds beat the Brumbies with the last play of the game or with the last score of the game uh, down in Canberra. They beat the Rebels um, with a with a late kick as well in that first in that first game that they played. So look, three out of their five, three out of their however many is games they've won now, um, seven games um, at the death have, uh, have have all been have, have been won at the death. So mm. um, and when you, and when you think about how they put away the Waratahs by forty odd points, I think in both of the games against the Waratahs. Um, that uh, yes, it's, it's the fact that yeah, that they they know how to win games. Yeah. Um, yeah, John Bataya, um is, is is a good player. Should he be playing on the wing? Do we want him more at thirteen? Uh, I, th- I think we want him more at thirteen personally. Um, yeah. Nocturnal yep. rights. Josh Fluke impressed me at thirteen. Yeah, he played well, but it was a bad combination for them in that in that, in that though, though, having two light uh, ball playing. Uh, centers in there. Pretty fluky. Um, Fluke was, um, yeah, oh, dear me. Uh, Fluke played well um, for his first time, but 
he could have done they, they needed a they need one of those two players to be able to crash it up um yeah i think he, i think with um some of the uh, ball that they had and, and the way that the play was broken a uh, paisami would have uh, been uh, quite uh, quite handy on the night oh absolutely um he's there was some good broken um, play i, I wouldn't be would surprised have... to see it being um uh, uh, james o'connor with tamua coming off the bench with hunter paisami uh, and uh, Jordan Pataya as your centres. I, I don't see why you wouldn't start with that. Uh, I say, yeah, with Tamura coming off the bench. Um, but uh, that, that's for the Wallabies, by the way, if anyone's watching. <laughs> <laughs> the even transplanted um, Tamura from the Rebels to the Reds. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so look, Brumbies would have been happy at half-time with that lead, uh, but... Um, but the Rebels, as I said before, the Reds wouldn't have been uh, too disappointed where they were at, they knowing that they can pull it out of the fire in the last 20. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, and, and, they, and that's what they did. Um, uh, Reds two tries to three tries from the Brumbies. So again, James O'Connor's kicking uh, being a big part of this as well. Uh, James O'Connor really has matured well uh, at the Reds and it's been good to see how he's playing over the last uh, well, last season as well as this season. Um, but yeah, he really has, uh, has is a very different player than he used to be. Um, he's not overplaying his hand. He's, he's just, you know, getting the team around the paddock very well and getting making sure they're in the right parts of the field. That crossfield kick from him was, you know, pinpoint and brilliant. So he's just executing and making sure that he executes his role well and he's not getting carried away with trying to do anything more than that. The um yeah, no, he's and but he but he still had the skills, he still had the the uh the vision to take running moves on when they're when they're there. When they're uh, there. Yep. Yeah. Um so yeah, he's not a pure guide you around the pitch, um, uh, fly half. In fact, just purely kicking and passing. Um, he, he he does also have some moves as well. Has a bit of X factor, yeah. which is also good. Yeah, and just what Re Nocturnal saying, you know, I, it's funny. I mean, like although it was what was only a three points in the end, wasn't it, um, or two points? Um, but uh, the Reds did show patience in watching the game while it was live. It did feel like the Reds would run away with it in the end. They didn't manage to quite do it, but it just felt like it, it, they were sort of like the Reds would come through. Yeah, but it was. I mean, but they they they, they scored just after the um, they scored first uh, in the second half, but then off the restart, they don't catch the ball. They're then off. They're then off feet to the ruck. They allow the Brumbies to kick to the corner, and suddenly the Brumbies and the Brumbies scored try straight back. And you're like, yep. okay, Reds. Perhaps you're not on your game tonight. So there were, yeah, they were that. Um, they definitely uh, uh, could have been more clinical. Clinical, uh, yeah, sort of stage. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, uh, yep. And a bit of a theme there again to, um, across the weekend in terms of teams, um, you know, leaking points and then coming straight back and hit it, you know, at the kick, basically at the kickoff, um, scoring again as well. So that, ha that happened a bit across the weekend as well. So yeah, that was a key one for the, um, key one for the Highlanders, wasn't it? The, the Highlanders always allow the Chiefs to score straight back again. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, the um, and I think the Hurricanes did it, did it as well. So, I mean, any final points on the the uh, Reds Brumbies? No, I think um, you know it, it really like a good crowd. The crowd slowly coming back um, to, to in Brisbane. Um, twenty over twenty. I think it was twenty two thousand. You know, we were talking about sub ten. Um, not too long ago, so um, twenty-two thousand. Um, they've basically locked in the final there. 
So um, be good to, I, I think, you know, if they can get a really big crowd out there, I, I doubt they'll get a sellout, but, you know, it's, it's good to see good signs in Australian rugby for teams that perform. The crowds will come along and watch them. We know that that is the case at the Brumbies. I mean, the Brumbies, the crowds probably could be better, but when they're winning, they get decent crowds in as well. So you win, you get crowds. Yep, no, that's true. Yep. Um, but uh, uh, just a, a note here for New Zealand rugby and the provinces, you can't rely on winning as being your only way to get only. the crowds. <laughs> you need to improve the folks. Well, I mean, you know, you write this one down because others I'll forget and I, and you'll ask me later. Um, but something for Tuesday night is that, you know, the, the fact is, I, I oh, think part of the problem, part of the problem for um, New Zealand rugby and luckily the last two weeks, even though the result, was, you know, the Canes didn't quite get the result today, is that if everybody feels that the Crusaders are going to win, you're not, there's no excitement in the competition. People aren't going to turn up to watch the games, are they? If they just think, oh, it's just a procession and the Crusaders are going to win. So, unfortunately, it's just not a good thing for rugby if a, one side's winning all the time. And uh, that can sort of be at, a, at our NPC level as well. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because when you, when you look at something like, think, think about when um, Michael Jordan with the, and this again, this is one for, actually one for Tuesday night. Um, but yes, we will have a chat because obviously you think about something like Michael Jordan or um, with the with the Chicago Bulls or someone like Tiger Woods who were continually winning, it was good for basketball. It was good for golf. So we'll have a chat about that as to why why doesn't it work the same way in uh, in rugby? But um, yeah, we'll have a chat about that one as you say on Tuesday night, eight pm for the Driving More Show, folks. We're about all the hot topics in rugby globally. So do join us for that one as well. Um, my favorite place to join me join us on Facebook if you can at New Zealand Sports Radio. Um, Facebook page would be great. Um. So, should we crack on to the uh, last game of the um, uh, Love Summer, Love... Um, Lollacea. Oh. Um, increase their cloud. I don't know, no idea what that was all about. Um, so, we'll uh, we'll move on. Um, the uh, yeah. So, Hurricanes versus the Crusaders. Look, coming into this one, I didn't give the Hurricanes much of a chance uh, in this one, if we're going to be totally honest. Uh, I thought that the that uh, the bounce back that the Crusaders we were going to see from the Crusaders um, after their loss, uh, along with um, uh, along with um, uh, what do you call it, so, uh, along with the, the, the light uh, light pack, relatively speaking, of the Hurricanes was going to make this one way traffic. And at um, at three fourteen, with um, after Bridge had scored two tries, I thought this game was only going one way. Let's be honest. Oh look, it was a comfortable win in the end for the Crusaders, wasn't it? <laughs> no look i was i'm totally with you mate i was just like oh god here we go george bridge scored two tries and george bridge coming back right i mean i think he played last week but obviously that was his first game after injury this is like here we go george bridge doing what he does best completing the end of the chain and um you know beating a couple of players to make sure he, they get the points um so yeah after his two tries it's like here we go and and also on the back, that, that I think it was the second try, where he does get tackled short. But, you know, rubber it just always works out nicely for Crusaders. He ends up rolling around and rolls onto any legitimate try. It, absolutely. I'm not saying it was dodgy or anything. But, you know, this is like any other team and there would have been a body in the way and he wouldn't have been able to roll and he would have, a ruck would have formed, so no try. But, um, yeah, no, nah, look, it just looked like everything's starting to go the Crusaders' way. Um, but, no. 
Nocturne Rice says, yeah, the Crusaders' game plan is busted despite winning dubiously. Um, I, I, I don't think they've got, they won dubiously at all, at all, to be honest with you, um, on that one. I think they, they, won, they won the game fair and square. Again, one of the points is refereeing didn't decide this game. Now, there were, towards the end, um, I think the whistle might have been put in the pocket a little bit uh, during regular time. Um, I think there was an element there with him going, I'm not going to win this game for you folks. You're going to have to win it yourselves. I'm no, not deciding okay. this one. I, I'm going I'm I'm to change that a little bit to what you just said. I think it was a matter of I'm not going to guess. I'm not going okay. to guess at yeah, yeah. Like that scrum, there was a scrum which sort of disintegrated almost, and it was like it was a Crusaders ball, and it's like balls out. <laughs> he didn't have to make it go balls out, and this is like, and I think he was sort of like I'm not going to guess at who what's gone wrong here, and you know get it wrong. Um, if I can't see what's wrong, there's nothing to call, right? And that's always the case. If you can't see it, you can't call it. And yep, I think that's, that's what it was case of. I'm not going to call out what I can't see or guess. Um, yeah, you know, not so much because the things that the, 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 the Bridges first try was a forward pass in there. Uh, not, not, um, it wasn't, uh, it, from the camera angles we had, it wasn't conclusive that there was a forward, forward pass. I would, so, I would, I, yeah, and um, I, I sort of a little bit disagree with Stephen in our, in our chat group that we had. I actually thought the um, Moanga pass to Reese was forward because the hands at no stage seems the hands actually look to be passing the ball forward to me when they're going forward. So it's actually forward out of the hands as opposed to going backwards. Uh, and Jordan Clark says another reason for us to go with uh, to go with Silver Lake uh, and have the Silver Lake deal is that uh, we'll have enough money for Sky Cams. We can actually uh, we actually we can actually see where the uh, <laughs> interestingly <laughs> enough, I think it was that was the um was it which which game there was a game it might have been at Eden Park and yeah, they actually had, used and they used um footage from above like what we would drone. say in the Sky Cam it was actually the drone camera because there was no Sky Cam it was drone footage that picked up the the pass and said it was fine um so I think it's you don't even have to go to the expense of putting Sky Cam up there just by get the drone. And uh, get that flying around. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm still not sure if they're allowed to put the drones over the ground yet, because quite often, because the drone at Eden Park normally sits over the um, the west the end, yeah, uh, behind behind the west end, doesn't actually go over over anybody. I think they're still scared of it falling out the ground, falling out the sky. Somebody's shooting it. But anyway, um, yeah, no, I actually thought, um, yeah, look, um, just going back to those comments um, from Aaron and from Nocturnal, is that to me that ball, the hands were never going backwards. The, um, yeah, well, well, well anyway, anyway um, uh, yes, uh, yeah, Simon Exploit, the responsibility of Sky, not New Zealand Rugby, yes, but hey, it's all in the contract, and New Zealand Rugby owns part of Sky, remember? So, <laughs> 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 hence, hence, why, hence why you'll see people like JK being uh, currently uh, employed by Sky to be on the breakdown and to say how wonderful the, um, the, the, the Silver Lake deal is and how everyone should just trust New Zealand Rugby. Um, not that he's a company man or anything, um, but anyway, I, I get a tinge of feeling that Paul doesn't think they should go ahead with the Silver Lake deal. Well, I think there should at least be, uh, at least be some. I don't think you should say just trust New Zealand rugby to the players, they have their they have your, your, your best interests at heart. Uh, hang on, it's like there's more discussion left on that for Tuesday night. Because uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I actually think, like, at the end of the day, the Silver Lake, uh, we don't want to get into this rabbit hole down, whatever you want to call it. Um, but at the end of the day, there's no option but New Zealand rugby to go with Silver Lake because the money on offer is just too big to say no to. 
Um, and if it doesn't, rugby in New Zealand has a real unknown future ahead of it. Well, um, the uh, it, it's definitely a a, time, a a period of 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 change in New Zealand rugby. Uh, we have yeah a number of deals uh, coming up at the moment. But anyway, um, the um, but so uh, yeah, Tuesday night. Um, let's move on from that one then. Uh, and actually, well, actually on, on that note, um, I have put out a supporters special um, for your ears only show uh, and podcast, uh, which um, looks at uh, the uh, New Zealand Rugby's choice of sponsors, not just for the NPC uh, or the provincial champ, uh, but also for the uh, jersey as well, and my opinions on how they've gone about um, their partnerships. Um, so uh, uh, go and have a listen to that. What do you mean? Uh, what do you mean? How they choose their build, their, their support of their sponsors or whatever? It's just like it's obvious. Your rugby, you have to have a construction company as your sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, look, perhaps not the best choice to go tell people one year if you want to buy a hammer, go buy it from ITM next year. If you want if to you buy want a hammer, to... go buy it from ISO 10. <laughs> years later. If you want to buy a hammer, go buy it from Bunnings. Look, hey, we have total credibility in everything we say. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, actually, really sad for Joe Moody in his 100th game. Um, absolutely correct, Darlene. It sounds like it's a, um, it's a, it's a possibly a serious injury from what, um, it's got Robertson saying also uh, Goodhue, uh, his injury also sounds serious as well. So um, it's 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 quite sad in your hundredth game um, to to yeah to, to to come away with it. What well, he was first half was it the injury I think off the top of my head. Um, yeah, so lost, yeah, both both, uh, both Moody and Goodhue in the first half. First uh, half. Moody came back on with a uh, with a moon boot, which is never a good sign. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, Goodhue having to be uh, helped down the sideline towards the uh, towards the changing sheds again, um, not good either. Um, Simon, I'm sorry you're having issues putting comments on my Fiori's only video. Uh, I'll get in touch with you. I've got your email address. I'll have a chat with you. Find out what you want to talk, talk, talk about about that, and I'll have a chat with you about it. Um, we uh, look. Do, do, I yeah. do appreciate all the supporters when you do the sport radio. Uh, it does mean the absolute world to me, uh, and allows me to do a lot of what I do. Other and uh, allows me to have the tech to do what I do, which is just as importantly. Uh, so yes, so there we go. Um, um, just just on that injury front, I mean, what a performance from Artie Severe, though. You know, I mean, like in in a in a in a in a in a losing effort, if you can call it that, just absolutely amazing um, to go on as long as he did with the injury that he received, which looked to be not insignificant, um, and, and still carry on. And what he achieved was just, I thought, was just amazing. Um, look, I, I think that. Um... Uh, I, I'm 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 mixed on this one. It is amazing what he did, being injured the way he is. Should we be allowing players to play on injured like that? I don't think so, because I think we're just, we're we're we're, putting, we're allowing them to be in a situation where they can just do themselves more damage long term. Um, and I thought he should have been pulled off by the coaches. I don't think they should let him be on there like that. Yeah, but the thing there was the fact that at the end of the day, I actually felt that game was in the balance. Either team could have won it, which basically the golden point and three short of shows, three points, drop kick there. But the diff real difference was when Artie actually left, even on one leg. <laughs> it was that's that's what that was the game changing moment for me. From that point on, when Artie left, although well, although Canterbury never really took over the game, 
they seem to be in the better parts of the field and just having the better moments of the game. Um, I, I know. I, I, again, I agree. The game was in balance, um, and, um, and 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 they and they need it now. Um, Stefansson uh, in, in, uh, says that players know their bodies uh, to a certain degree. Yes, um, and he says they also know their they also know the risks. Um, no, not necessarily. Personally, I think these guys are highly competitive people who will go well beyond the the, the, the level they should do for their own good uh, and their own long term future. Um, to win a game. Uh, and I think Ardy is one of those who will push way past where he should be pushing um, to, uh, to, to, to for, for, for his own well-being uh, to try and win a game for his mates and for, for, and for the team. So uh, I think sometimes it has to be taken out of the players' hands um, for their own, for their own, for, 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 yeah, for, for their own wellness, um, which in the long term is the right, is, 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 the, is the club's wellness as well. Which, where, okay. where, where, where do you stand this one, Oh, Oh, look, I don't know. I mean, I, I sort of think, other, for my mind, um, other than concussion, um, you know, at the end of the day, if, if the person can't run around and be effective on the field, then you know that they, they're going to, their liability to their own team, so they're going to take themselves off, or their coaches are going to take them off. I think if they're not a liability to the team and they're running around okay ish, there's, you know, you carry on. Is it concussions is a totally different issue? Um, you, you that, that's that's the no way that they say. I mean, like, how old Terry Black didn't go for a HIA last week, um, is just mind boggling, but um, yeah, so I'd sort of to me, yep, carry on playing pretty much, just just yeah, if you can't, you come off, if you can, you carry on, you know, that you're going to affect the team performance if you're if you're subpar, but uh, hey, just just. Sorry. If you know you're out for the next six weeks, you go as long as you can for the team. Agree, coaches make the final call. I guess my point is, yes, you know you're going to be out for the next six weeks, but if you stay on there in that stage, you're more likely to get hit again and be out for six months. That's my. I guess that, that that's yeah. my that, that's my opinion. Um, yeah. Uh, and people are entitled to theirs as, as, as well. That's fine. I, I'm happy to agree to disagree uh, on these things. Yeah. But I, I'm sort of thinking, going back to the game, it's just like, you know, it's an interesting one because that first sort of, I think, I don't know, let's say 10, 15 minutes or maybe less, um, the, the the Canes actually had a lot of the ball, but they weren't going anywhere as well. Mm-hmm. So it felt like, oh, it's going to be a bit of a humdrum match where, like, you know, the Canes can't really execute anything. They really can't get anything going. Um, but at the end of the day, they actually end up being a cracker of a game in regulation 80 minutes. Yeah, I mean, Namua, another player who, who really stood out for me, not someone I've, I've kind of necessarily rated particularly in, in the past, but he, he, had, he, had, he had a particularly standout game. Um, needs to figure out where, where to pass to next time, sometimes, but um, but the breaks he was making were brilliant um, for, for for him. And also... Asafa uh, Amua, you're talking about there? Yeah. Sorry? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I but, also the Kane scrum held up pretty well. Yeah, well, it's interesting, you know. You know, I, I, I re- repeat myself from some other shows, but Stephen and I have mentioned this on previous shows numerous times. You know, when when the Blues were doing well, when the Crusaders have been doing well, we, we've talked about the fact that if if any Super Rugby team doesn't turn up, the other team will beat them. And we saw that last week with the Highlanders, with the Crusaders not turning up. This week, I think you know, unlucky for the Canes, they could have tipped over the Crusaders. 
if teams don't turn up, they will get beaten. So at the end of the day, you, you've you've got to, you know, it, it's it's actually quite even. I think maybe in the last two rounds, some of those teams have actually worked out, or New Zealand Super Rugby teams hopefully have worked out. Look, you can beat the Crusaders, but you got to make sure that you don't give them time and space. You could, because if you look at today. A lot of it, it's it's not about, um, you know, you've got to execute your game plan. You've got to not make mistakes. We know that. But the thing is that that's a pointless thing to say is not make mistakes because every rugby team is going to make mistakes. The Crusaders, when they're firing, make mistakes, right? The fact is what you've got to do is cut down their time and space to allow them to execute. And that's what you've got to do. If you stand there and watch them actually play their moves or do their moves, you're in trouble. Yep, no, absolutely. Um and uh, we, we we saw that the, um, uh, the, the 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 Crusaders make mistakes. I mean, you also be in the right place. And now I know you're not a fan of Julian Surveyor on the wing, and I'll be honest, I'm, I'm not fully either. Uh, but uh, but he, he did get himself in there for for a try uh, by being yep. in the right place with Blackwell um, and, and yeah. making the effort there. Um, I, I was going to say, I was going to say, I, 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 I'm, I'm sort of, I'm typing away. You know, this is our chat that we have during the games, people. But it's just like I put a few comments where, oh, this is just going to look like I hate Julian Severe. I don't hate Julian Severe. I just sort of think, look, when you got a Salisi Rayasi, when a Wiz Houston, if you're trying to fit those two in there, to me, those two are ahead of Julian Severe. Um, Julian Severe is not bringing anything special to that Kane side like the old Julian Severe that says that he's an automatic pick on the wing f um, for the Canes, all right? Uh, yep. Whereas a Rayasi is creating, a Wes Houston is on his feet and dancing and getting the gaps. Those guys bring something extra to that Canes team. That's the reason why I sort of think that, you know, I'm surprised that Savia's there ahead of some other players. I'd say that, that, that Houston hasn't been that great this season, but he had a good game today. I thought there's this good game today, but then... Back back, yep. back back to his, his kind of best best play today. Yeah, but again, like you know, if you're if you're not getting regular game time, you're not going to look. You're not going to get. You're not going to be that great either, either. But speaking of people that haven't had game time, Dane Cole's probably had his best game back since his prolonged injury break, and that battle that he had with um, oh throwing throwing sure, but around the field turnovers. Him and Cody Taylor were basically going turnover for turnover. It was like oh Crusaders turnover, Cody Taylor. Hurricanes turnover. It was Dane Coles. It's, they were basically one for one ding dong battle there. It was great to watch. I thought it was actually a fantastic battle between the two, apart yeah, from the looking out throwing. Look, I, 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 again, in our private chat, Stephen Harris was like, "Why don't uh, why do the Canes, um, the Hurricanes, go to short, short lineup because they keep losing lineup. their lineups?" Well, the, the reason they were losing their lineups was because um, Dane Coles was overthrowing the whole time. It wasn't because they were getting stolen. Let's <laughs> say. And it doesn't matter how many people you have in the line out. If you're overthrowing, you're still going to be overthrowing. Um, so it was, I don't think it was so much, but uh, yeah. Um, you know, actually, talking of overthrowing the line out and, you know, coming back to sort of more of the intricacies of the game, sort of, it's just like the Canes really got to go, go home tonight, or they'll be home tonight now, but they're going to be looking in the mirror and saying, we lost that because... Jordy Barrett had a had a penalty at 50 meters out on the 50 half on the halfway right in front, and they kicked to the corner when that would have taken him out to a 10 point lead. He had taken one from about 62, 63 meters, which is just to the left of the uprights. You've now got one at 50. That is go for gold time, especially when you're looking to stretch it out to 10 points. And also because even if he misses it, it's a drop. It's a it's a 22 dropout which you get to run back again. 
Yeah, right? that's it. So exactly, uh, it was, that was a poor go. option. The Hurricanes are not the Brumbies, so you go post, right? Especially when you're only fifty-three percent successful with your lineouts. Yeah, seriously. Look, and and the thing is that I mean, they played the Blues the week before. I think it was, and you know they kept taking their threes, and that's what kept them in touch with the Blues in that game. Um, and so it it's weird that when you're in a situation where you could go for three to get a ten point gap, and they go for the kick into the corner, that was a, that was just bizarre to me. Yep, uh, yeah, very strange. When you're right, right. Uh, you talk about those turnovers. Uh, yeah, nine for the Hurricanes. Um, the the Crusaders conceded seventeen turnovers. Ouch. Um, mm. In fact, they were still in this to win it. Um, shows you that's uh, yeah, what, what what a class team they are, even when they make that kind of mistakes. Um, we had quite a few clean breaks in this one. Eight by the Hurricanes, six by the Crusaders. So yeah, look, this 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 was a fun game to watch. Now, let's talk about how the Hurricane, how how the Crusade about the the end, the extra time of the game. You have a coin flip, and you get to choose. One team gets to choose to um to kick, and oh, you get to choose. Do you want to kick? Or do you want to kick? Punch? And, and they, they chose to kick, right? Because the Crusaders are assuming. I must have, I missed this. I was collecting, getting washing in, and uh, quickly put the pizza wrong. So, because uh, uh, I was expecting, uh, I wasn't there yet. I had the whole thing, a bunch of stuff planned for at the end of the game. Um, the uh, but uh, so the Crusaders won the won the toss, right? Yes, oh, yes, kick. the Crusaders won the toss, and they decided mm -hmm. to kick off. Which, as we said earlier, is the right choice to make. Right now, choice to make. Yeah. The choice then is you get to choose um, if um, the that uh, how how what um, uh, the, other, the other side gets to choose which way they want to go, which means you want to choose to have the wind at your back, Hurricanes. You don't want to be playing into the wind, do you? But you chose to play into the wind. Into the wind. That's just so, I, I I can't. That is going to go down in the annals of history as a the the, the most amazing decision ever. In a game of rugby. So hey, what we're seeing here, guys, is that the Crusaders last night saw a golden point thing and sat down and said, guys, what do we do under golden point? The Hurricanes last night watched the game and went, hey, that was fun, um, and went to bed and didn't plan what to do under golden point situation. And they made the wrong decision under pressure when they were tired. Right. Then you've got a rookie. Um, you, you've got probably the youngest halfback pairing in Super Rugby history on the pitch um, and you ask your rookie uh, halfback to box kick out. Now, I don't think that's, I think that's kind of a standard thing to do because that's your normal exit. But, well, but even were you two, I, I can't remember what you said on the show or whether you said it off or somebody said it. Um, a box kick is the wrong option in that, in that situation. Anyway, you know, you want to basically kick the skin off it. And get it up far up the field as well as possible, and make sure you got your chasing line. Whilst putting the kicker puts their um, chasers on side, making sure we don't make that mistake again. But that's what it, you needed to pump that ball upfield, and then basically get a chasing line to get out of your territory, because it only takes one penalty to lose the game or a drop kick from right out in front. And with um, and with Jordy Barrett, they have got a guy who can kick it a long way. 63 metres on the day. <laughs> that was the option they took. So, again, not only did they choose the wrong direction, they also chose the wrong play to make, uh, um, and he got charged down. David, um, sorry, Mwanga then took it into contact, into a ruck, 
and everybody on the pitch is thinking Moanga is, and everyone off the pitch is thinking Moanga is in the bottom of a ruck. Uh, therefore, the therefore the Crusaders have to do two more phases before they can take a drop goal. Um, uh, and uh, and therefore, everyone switches off thinking that the drop goal isn't going to happen. The Crusaders, though, have thought this through, and they've deliberately put Moanga at the bottom of a ruck to make you do that because that gives that, that then gives Havili more time to make his drop goal. Not everybody thought that that was the case because I didn't actually realize that Mahanga was the one that had been tackled in the ruck. <laughs> um, so when I was watching and I was thinking, they said it, they've set up for the drop kick because you can see they've, they've got everybody out the way from around the ruck. Yep. Um, so it was a clear passage for the halfback to pass back. So I actually thought, oh, yeah, they're going for the drop kick. But that's because I'm no genius. <laughs> well, I am a genius, but that's a different story. Um, <laughs> there was the fact that I didn't realize that Moanga was at the bottom of the ruck. I just thought, here, they're just going, for, here they go, they're going for the drop kick. I, th I think a lot of people, well, yeah, okay, but I realized it was the bottom of the ruck. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I thought, wow, they've given it to Havili to go for it. Wow, that's a, that, that's a brave choice. Um, but yeah, clearly. He's practiced that and he nailed it. Now, well, we got to. Yeah, I, I think we we probably don't don't think of Havili as a goal kicker as often as we should. I mean, for Tasman, he does a lot of their goal kicking, especially they do go for long range shots at goal. Uh, he's their big distance kicker, so um, he's 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 no mug with the um, you know booting the ball around. And look, he stepped up and played ten for the Crusaders when they've had injury crisis in the past. Um, look, so yeah, we we shouldn't have been surprised, but I, I think a lot of us were. I say. We're, we're thinking, look, Mwanga is the guy who's going to take this. Keep an eye on Mwanga. Where is he? Um, and I think that, I think that's what I think the Crusaders did. So, so I think that's what the Hurricanes did. So again, smart thinking by the Crusaders in that situation because they yep. thought it through and played the scenarios the night before. So they didn't have to think about it there and then. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, look, I, I, you know, and on the injury front, if there's a silver lining to the cloud for the Crusaders, um, you know, you got Lester Fainukunuku um, there coming in, replacing Goodyear. He had a, I thought he came on and actually did quite well. Um, you know, as a Blues fan, we've sort of lamented the fact that Rico, he's actually one of the top line breaks uh, people uh, on the lists of line breakers, and um, but he can't set up a centre. Lester came on, and it's easier to say Lester, so I'm going to go with Lester. Uh, Lester came on and actually made the breaks and then actually did feed his outside wingers and get them. So uh, I think one of the passes that he made, he saw that um, George Bridge was marked in close, so he actually did the long ball pass over to Sever Reese on the wing. So, you know, it could just be a silver lining there for the old Crusaders there. They all, not that they need silver linings, but um, yeah, I thought he actually did, Lester came on and played a pretty good game. And we know the the ball of muscle that he is that can take it up. He's also got a distribution game to go along with it. Yeah, but it's kind of interesting that the the, um, the entire Crusaders back line outside of Moanga could all be back three players. Mm. Habili is traditionally a fifteen, uh, but playing twelve. Uh, you've got um, Lester Fayanuku, who's definitely a winger playing out play, playing center so um yeah we could end up with a say yeah with a, an entirely back three back, back line back three yeah. back line, apart from the halfback and first five yeah <laughs> so that so so keep your eyes out for that next week and um uh, for, for the crusaders uh Arshin, thank you so much um we've overrun um and uh, again no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> we do enjoy these i uh, enjoy these shows so much um 
do join us on Tuesday. You've already heard a couple of things we're going to be talking about uh, as we're going to be discussing Silver Lake again by the sounds of things. Um, and also, um, is it good to have processions or, or why does a dominant person like Woods, like um, the Chicago Bulls, work in some sports, but dominant Crusaders doesn't, so, doesn't work so well in rugby. We'll talk about that on Tuesday night as well. So thank you, everybody, who's joined us in the live chat. been great to have you all there. Don't forget, you can become a supporter of New Zealand Sports Radio via patreon.com forward NZ Sport Radio. Uh, and because I do, uh, and I do appreciate all the guys who do support me, and girls, sorry, every, and, and ladies, and men, chimpanzees, dogs, cats, anyone else who supports me. Um, Whatever you identify as. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whoever you identify as. Thank you, Ashwin. Um, the, uh, so um, thank you, everybody. And uh, I'll be back tomorrow morning at 7am with the morning sports briefing. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 